did go see people play some basketball. It did not go great. Not great, Molly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Burners and Basketball Podcast. Um, I know the tone of my voice is not as cheerful as it typically is when I introduce this podcast. And that is because things are a little bit somber maybe tonight. Um, Adam and I actually haven't talked about this game yet. I wanted to save our conversation for the podcast so you could hear everything as it as it happens. But I'm just a little bit nervous because he's kind of just been sitting here silently making small, rude comments. Um, his team just lost in game seven. I'm sure we all saw it. And... Before we recap what was already before this happening, maybe one of the wildest weeks in my memory, recent memory of the NBA, besides when like the league shut down, we're going to spend a little while talking about that because I think it's relevant and everyone wants to know. But before we jump into that, do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Burners and Vball. Email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Hashtag burner take with any hot takes you might have on Twitter, especially with the playoffs right now. I know there's a lot of them flying. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for, Sixers Adam, take the floor. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really riding high off of my sons getting their first win of the Western Conference Finals tonight. Yeah, okay. Your sons? Yep, my sons. Sons Adam. Okay, so... (laughs) So what about the other team? Um, I think you went to a basketball game tonight. How did that how did that go? I did actually. I did go see people play some basketball. It yeah. did not go great. Not great, Molly. Uh yeah, the Sixers got eliminated in the second round by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh they were the one seed and had a clear path to the Eastern Conference Finals. It would have been the first time they made it there in my entire life. And in game seven. They blew it to the Hawks, who are very good, but a much worse team. Uh, and uh, we're, we've got some hilarious quotes coming out of it. Uh, and some, you know, Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't even know what the word is to describe it. Uh, ben Simmons is catching slander right now. Compare Ben Simmons' slander right now to Paul George in the peak of Pandemic P. I think the Ben stuff is going to get worse. I agree. But because here, like everybody loves a controversy here. And I mean, if this, there was ever a controversy, it's that the starting point guard has now gone four years without even being willing to try shooting a jump shot. Um, and he just, you know, arguably cost them a trip to the Eastern Conference finals where they would have had home court advantage. And maybe but you're not salty finals. about it, right? You're not bitter. I'm really, I'm really not. You know. <laughs> okay, what? okay. Here's my question. So you were at the game, and that was one of the most like fascinating environments I've ever yeah. seen at the end of a game. I want to hear about that in detail because it was like I felt very like I was kind of just shook at the end of that. It felt like everything was just. First of all, starting with Ben at the free throw line, was the crowd like aggressively booing? They were not aggressively booing, but like he was getting cheered when he made free throws during warmups. Like it was really like kind of embarrassing. And no, I but at the end it. of the game when he was at the line. At the end of the game, no, they weren't booing him. Uh, but it was a pretty bizarre atmosphere because like obviously it's game seven, chance to go to the Easter Conference finals. Everybody's going crazy. The crowd was really loud. 
And then the fourth quarter came and it was like, I've never seen so much nervous energy in one place at the same time. It was like everybody in the arena was shook. Exactly. Like you said. Yes. I Um, totally felt without watching it. And then, you know, the, the, the Hawks came and got it done and all of that nervous energy proved to be warranted. Uh, it's just a really embarrassing loss. It really and an embarrassing series uh, for multiple people, uh, but chief among them has to be Ben Simmons. I mean, absolutely. Like yeah. it, it's 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 like humiliating to put it nicely. Yeah, it really is. It re- Let me just cut you off real quick and say yes. that like of anyone who's ever shot seventy free throws in one playoffs, nobody has ever shot worse on them than Ben Simmons who shot, I think, like 32% from the free throw line in the playoffs. Um, it's just unacceptable. Uh, to be this deep into your career now, you're on a max contract and still not even signs of progress as a shooter, whether that's from three or from the free throw line. It, like He should feel humiliated because it's a humiliating thing for like the fans in Philly to root for. It shouldn't be that they're treating him like Rudy, cheering him like crazy if he makes a free throw. He's not Markel Fultz. Yeah, Man, you can't. yeah. It's just, you know, the Sixers somehow drafted two point guards number one overall back-to-back years, and neither of them could shoot, which, like, it should be impossible, I think. But that's what Philadelphia sports is. Yeah, I mean, I was so... God, there's so much to say. Like, I have so many things to say, and we'll get through it all. This might be a long one, What? but... I saw a tweet from his rookie year, you know, the, uh, who was it that said like, he's like the reverse Benjamin button. I don't remember who it was, but I remember somebody. Okay. Shout out to that person. I know that it's someone who listens to the podcast, so they will be listening and credits to you. Um, yeah, it was a video of him shooting and it it was just, it was so crazy because he just doesn't do that anymore. It's not even like he's bad at shooting. Like you said, he doesn't attempt. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it got so bad that, you know, he's he was so terrified of getting fouled that he wouldn't even, like, look to go towards the rim. And there was one play that mm. is now gone viral where he had a wide-open dunk and then, like, jumped in the air, waited for the defender to come towards him, and then passed the ball. And by the way, the defender was Trey Young, so it's not as if he was even actually a defender. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're... Uh, and that was like a big play. It was it was at like the end of the game. Yeah, and yeah, and now I'm gonna read a quote from Joel Embiid. I'm excited. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I thought the turning point was when we, I don't know how to say it, is when we had an open shot and we made one free throw. No. Yep. So no. now you've got the best player on the team. Kind Doc of Rivers' a shot quote. I saw that. I didn't see Embiid. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what? Like Embiid has every right to be angry and to take shots at whoever he wants. He's played five years now from the minute he stepped on the floor, he's been a superstar and they have let him down year after year after year. And Ben Simmons, who is considerably worse has made no sacrifices on the floor ever for Embiid Embiid shoots, you know, four or five threes a game just because Ben Simmons refuses to, and somebody needs to space the floor. The, the dynamic that goes on with the Sixers where everything is built around Ben Simmons, despite, him not even being close to being their best player. It it's just backwards and messed up. And, you know, Seth Curry's a great player and Tobias Harris is a great player. And Danny Green, when he's healthy, is a great player. Seth Curry. 
Seth Curry was awesome, by the way. Yeah. Seth Curry's amazing. Um, such did a you, good shooter. I, I thought you didn't mention him. That's why I said No, I did. Yeah, that was the first person oh. I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. were like, what? Yeah, sorry. I didn't hear you say Seth Curry. Um, yeah. I, do you have Doc's quote written down? Uh, I can pull it up, but uh, it's pretty damning. It, it, regardless of like the exact words of his quote, we don't need to read it. Like Everybody with this team now cannot deny that the Ben Simmons issue was very real. So he was asked if Ben Simmons could be a point guard on a championship team. And he said, I don't know the answer to that. Um, Not great. And especially because Doc Rivers was like Ben's fanboy the entire year and like refused any criticism of Ben and shrugged it off as if it was like silly when it was like, I mean, totally. It was very valid the entire time and proved to be, you know, like, arguably the deciding factor in a second round playoff series is doc rivers going to be the coach of the sixers next season yeah i don't yeah. you know should he be eh, maybe not i i but i just think a, that yeah. simmons shouldn't have been in the game like yeah i think but yeah i agree he shouldn't have been in the game I, I didn't understand why i understand at first but once you make that call in a game to pull him out because you see they're going to do the foul thing like keep that up i think didn't they win didn't the Sixers win the game? It might have even been game six that they pulled him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Doc had some quote where he was like, yeah, if he makes the free throws, I'll keep him in. If he misses the free throws, I'll take him out. Um, but Doc all year. And like, I like Doc, like just generally as a person and he's going to be mm -hmm. back. Um, but all year, whenever somebody criticized Ben Simmons, he acted like it was crazy. And like, you know, if you said something about that, you were a crazy person. And everything that all of the Ben Simmons skeptics like myself have been thinking and saying all year proved to be not only true, but like deadly but in like, the series. I, I've even noticed you on Twitter, like with you and I in our conversations, like, I mean, it's like very apparent that you have not. I don't know if I can say this, but that you have not believed in Ben Simmons. No, I haven't. And but on Twitter, you try, you've tried so hard this season to be like, wow, defensive. Like I, I see you trying Yeah, and I well, see yeah. that now you, there's no pretending at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, like Ben Simmons is a very good player. His defense is incredible. Is he? Yeah. His, yeah. His, like his defense is amazing. He's a good passer, all that. But, but you, he but is, you can't he, be a very good player if you can't shoot. I'll argue. He that. has been, he has been, he, has been calling himself a point guard for five years now, mm -hmm. demanding that he is the point guard of the team, whether that even means playing or just being listed there. It's like a very important thing for him and his camp of whoever those people are with his agency and his brother and all that. And he refuses to even attempt to shoot a jump shot. I don't need him to be Kevin Durant. I need him to, if he's wide open, don't just stand there. Oh and God. when you don't have the ball, you're, he's just standing around and everybody likes to say that he can be like Draymond Green, but Draymond Green actually does stuff. Mm -hmm. He'll Simmons, attempt the layup. Even if he misses the layup, he'll attempt it. And that's ben what he Simmons, wants. When Ben Simmons doesn't have the ball, he just stands there and does nothing. Did you see my tweet? No, I didn't. Okay. I never, I rarely read my tweets in the podcast, but it literally is exactly what you said. I said, Ben Simmons on the basketball court reminds me of when I used to try to act busy so my mom didn't ask me to do something for her. 
Yes, that's exactly it. Exactly. He, 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 he just stands there hoping the possession's going to end so he doesn't have to do he, anything. He stands there and acts busy. That's exactly what he does. I've never seen anything like it. It's like he's he's dreading. He he's like he just wants people to not notice him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when he gets the ball, it's a hot potato. He doesn't want. Yeah. Um. And to me, this comes down to the Sixers got eliminated because they didn't trade for James Harden in January. That to me is the answer because James Harden, who is one of the best scorers in the history of basketball, in my opinion, one of the five or so best players in the NBA right now, and just an unbelievable player they could have had for Ben Simmons. Next Um, to Joel, they would have have James Harden and Joel Embiid shooting like 100 free throws a game. It would have been incredible. They would have been easily the best team in the Eastern Conference, and they probably would have beat the Hawks in five or six games. And they would be resting up for the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Was it but, ever? Sorry to cut out, cut you out, but was it ever confirmed exactly what the was it was Ben? Were they willing to trade Ben? Yeah, so it was going to be so Ben and Matisse Thybul, and probably some amount of draft picks. Probably not that many. Um, and, and you know, not only did the Sixers not get James Harden when they had the chance to, but they let him go to Brooklyn and they formed a super team. And obviously, Brooklyn is now out too because of injuries, but. You know, that team is sticking around for a long time. There's no reason that anyone should expect that the Sixers can beat the fully healthy Nets next year. And like, quite frankly, there's no reason to think they could beat the Bucks either because they just yeah. don't have as good of a team. Um, to me, passing up, the not passing up because they tried, but not going all in on the Harden trade uh, is yeah, what Yeah, that's did the kind in. of mistake that like, that's what did them in. And we we you know, said on the podcast at the time like that I we that could haunt them for yeah. years. Yeah. Man, I, I expected this podcast for me to be kind of like making fun of you a little bit, yeah. but I'm like with I feel like we're both just like yeah, man. I mean, there's not because it's like yeah. I, I dislike and you don't you won't comment on this. You cover the Sixers, but like me who like can talk a little bit more of like the burner gossip side, like I just feel like there has, I've always felt like there has to be some truth to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid not liking each other. Ben and Joel do not help each other on the court and they are not friends off the court. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they hate each other. No. But the fact is they don't help each other in either, you know, on or You off have the court. to like have a level of friendship. It doesn't have to be where you even hang out ever. Yeah, there has to, to be, be a level buds. of comfort and friendship there. And there's and there's just and there's not. And I don't want it. I don't want to sound like I think they have to trade one or the other. I generally think they have to explore trading Ben because I think he limits your ability to win a championship. Wait, what do you mean? Of course they have to. I think they have to trade Ben. I don't, but I don't. Yes. Think it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but the thing is, like, how much money is he yeah, getting? It's, it's the it's that's it's not difficulty. great. Because a Ben Simmons trade is really hard to pull off and they had a golden opportunity. Mm, It was, I'm going to keep coming back to it because to me, and like, I probably said this exactly in these words on the podcast, like that's what did them in and that's what made it. So they weren't a real championship contender. I never thought this team was genuinely going to have a chance of winning a title. I always thought that there was a little bit of fraudulence to it. Uh, I kind of felt that way too. And, you know, they proved me right in every possible way. Um, you know, even like Tobias Harris, who had an, an, a wonderful year and deserves a lot of credit, was, I think, 8 of 24 in this game. Um, 
obviously Ben Ben did not take a shot in the fourth quarter of games four, five, six, and seven. Oh my God. Um, he took three shots in the fourth quarter in the entire seven game series. Um, it is unfathomable at this point uh, how much the team puts up with from him uh, for a player who is like obviously a good player in a general sense, but is not even close to good enough where you accept the fact that he's just like clearly not making any progress at his biggest weaknesses. It's the same thing every year now with Ben, who again, good player, totally fine, could be part of a good team, but I, I don't see any evidence that he can be the point guard on a championship team. And to anyone who, you know, tries to blame the Sixers for playing him a point guard as if he's innocent, you know, he's been calling himself a point guard ever since he entered the draft and made a point that he was the point guard over and over and has done so for, you know, more than five years now. It's been yeah. half a decade. That's such a long time. The Sixers are still failing Joel Embiid. They still cannot win when he's off the floor. They get pummeled despite having two other supposed stars with Ben and Tobias. And now here we are, you know, it's, it's just a fraudulent team that got exposed and, you know, they, oh, that's they, how ran you really the, feel. they ran into the wrong opponent and they ran into the free throw line. That's what they ran into. Yeah. Well, Ben ran into the free throw line. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He, <laughs> uh, he got his like head knocked onto the free throw line. Yeah. And it's not all about Ben. Um, like Doc Rivers had a very bad series as he seems to always have in the playoffs now. But like it circles back to Ben. Yeah. I mean, Ben is to me the like obviously the primary issue here. I know. I know your mind. I know where your mind is at because like you've spent all season covering a team and you yeah. were there. And it, it's just like a lot. Even if I know you've, you're not someone who completely emotionally invests into it, but it's still a lot because you spend so much time and energy, you know, covering a team. It's like, yeah. you know, them back and forth. And when the thing that you've always kind of seen coming happens, it's just like yeah. shit. But I'm someone, so I'm actually like, I, I do a lot of shit talking on Twitter, but I'm someone who's very, very quick to defend people when people try to scapegoat them. Like when people want to turn on Harden or Durant or even like, Gobert, I've not, I make jokes about COVID with Gobert, but I'm not out here blaming him for losing that series. Like I simply, as you said about Ben, it's not just because of Gobert, right? Right. But with Ben, I, this is like one of the only times I hear me say it. I really do, but I think it's because of Ben. I think that is, I don't see, because like you said, yeah, coaching, but Ben Simmons was the issue and trying to coach around Ben. I mean, the only other mistake I would say is like Dwight Howard should never touch a basketball court, but because Sixers Twitter is a hellhole where everybody is the worst. Sixers fan often, base is just like a hellhole. I don't I don't often tweet like my very specific Ben Simmons thoughts because if you say anything even remotely negative, everybody freaks out at you. And there's this whole subset of Sixers Twitter that is just like finding anyone who's anti-Ben and like trying to kill them and their family. Um but he's just not good enough. I he said about, I was talking about Dwight Howard. <laughs> oh, well, Dwight Howard is also not good enough. No, I was um, saying that Dwight Howard, why does he get any minutes? Like, honestly. Oh, uh, yeah. Dwight Howard. Sorry, I'm just so locked into the Ben. I know you now. are. <laughs> I literally go, what do you think of Dwight Howard? And you're like, I mean, Ben is just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Dwight should not have been playing in that series at all. 
Um, they should have played Bennett back up center and given more minutes to their perimeter guys. Um, Dwight is funny in just like a general sense, which is like cool over the course of an 82 game season, but also he like will commit the most obvious violations of all of the rules of basketball over and over and just act like totally shocked every time it's called. I mean, that flagrant foul he had on John Collins was like three different fragrant fouls in the same play. I mean, he like gets, I swear he gets one like every single game. Yeah, he gets it. He seems to get a technical or a flagrant like all the time. Yeah, um, which is just like stupid if you're not like doing yeah, much. <laughs> right, and it's, an, and it's just another problem with this team that had too many, and they had what they had going for them was that they had Joel Embiid, and you know it's like Seth Curry was amazing in the playoffs. Tobias Harris had some good moments, but all in all, that's the only gigantic positive in the Sixers' favor. So. And, I'm going to ask you a question and I don't know if you can answer it, but if you can't, you can twist it in a way to answer it. Who okay. is the worst player you're trading Ben Simmons for? Uh, if you had to get I, one swap, not like a, not picks involved. Like if you were to swap him for mm. a player, could, can you say that? I would swap Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum at this point. And I've never been like, I know a lot of people like CJ McCollum. I've never been like a huge CJ McCollum guy. Wait, that's not, um, that's not bad though. Yeah, no, he's a fine player. No, but I'm saying um, that's actually... But Portland, I don't hate that for Portland. Yeah, sure. I don't either. I mean, they they need to switch something up. Um, you know, the thing is, you would like for that conversation to be, oh, maybe you could get Damian Lillard. Maybe you could get some insane superstar player. No. Maybe you could get someone as good as James Harden. But Adam, people... You can't. <laughs> no. I feel right. like you're, like, somehow thinking people... St- everyone realizes now. No, like, that's... Yeah, that's the point I'm making. Is that... Okay. Months but, ago, they almost got James Harden for this guy. And now it's like, yes. oh, maybe they could get CJ McCollum. And that's like an intriguing And that would be option. the I think that's like one of the best players they could get for him. I really do. I asked, who do you think is? Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Uh, there are a lot of players in the NBA right now that would help the Sixers a whole lot more than Ben Simmons does, at least in a playoff setting. Um, it's just bad. It, the whole situation is bad. They might be completely screwed. I don't know. Um, but they have, you have a player as good as Joel Embiid, like you cannot give up an opportunity to get even marginally better. And they gave up a chance to get rid of, you know, not get rid of, cause Ben is a good player, like in a general sense, but they could have traded him for one of the five best players in the NBA. Okay. One of the best <laughs> scorers I've ever seen. Guys, this is before this like dips to like a really depressing Adam, I'm a little bit worried about you. You act like you don't care, but like I'm you're starting to repeat things. You're starting to really freak me out. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Because Sixers Twitter is just the worst, I often don't get to voice all of my genuine opinions because I don't want people to go crazy on me. Here on a podcast, I feel much more comfortable just being like, yeah, like Ben Simmons has to get so much better if they ever want like even a real, like a remote chance of winning a championship. But here's where you and I, I feel like are on different pages. I think you see it as like a, like, I think that like, there is no way in hell Simmons is plays for the Sixers next season. And I got to be honest. I hope you're right. Yeah. For the Sixers, I don't, for, I don't know, see like, it as like a, he needs to do this. I see it as like, it's over. It's been, it's not like it's his second year. Like it's been, enough time yeah. to where it's not going to work. And like, I think they know the urgency of it to where like, 
That's why I asked who the worst player you'd trade him for is because I think they're probably going to get someone that and I think the deal might not be great, but I really think it, that he, I don't think it will be at all. Uh, you know, always all it takes is one GM who loves Ben, but at the same time, you know, there, I can't imagine his value has ever been lower than what it'll be now. I mean, Joel um, making that comment, like Joel is your sweetheart. Joel, if he says trade this person, you're trading this person. I think Joel is not playing with Ben Simmons. for Yeah. And season. that, and that right there gets to the crux of the whole issue, which is Joel Embiid is worlds better than Ben Simmons. They're, they're not even in the same tier as players. There are several tiers in between. Ben Simmons them. isn't even like a star at this point. Joel Embiid just came in second for MVP voting. And Ben Simmons barely he made like, the All-Star game this like, year. I, I'm such, like, I'm being a really big hater, but, like, in there's not a single player who gets away with not attempting shots. And it, it's insane. Like, first of all, he d- he demands to be the point guard position. Wait, me getting more heated than you. He demands to be point guard. Point guard's the biggest position. Obviously, you have your shooting guards, but, like, if a point guard is not, like, even going driving to the basket rarely, like, you yeah. need yeah. points from your point guard. Like that's just crucial. You need yeah, that. Like there, you know, it's one thing when in, it's like he's not shooting threes, but he's being aggressive. He's going to the rim and he's, you know, playing in transition and all that stuff that makes him a good player. But like when you're not, I mean, he had he had the play. I'm gonna assume people saw it, but in case you didn't, where he had the ball wide open right under the basket and then passed it up. Um you just can't do that. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like that play obviously is inexcusable uh, and he deserves to get killed for it the way that he has been already online. Um, it's, it's just a bad situation because Joel Embiid is the best player on the team by such a wide margin. And yet he is the one who changes the way he plays to fit with Ben when Ben should be making at least some sacrifices to play with Joel and never has. No, I mean, I'm like, I, I'm like the biggest like Ben Simmons hater. And when I say that, I mean, as a player, like, you know, like whenever I trash dog someone like I, th- we are in this space where we are people who are allowed to comment on our opinions on players. And I really, really think he's just like, yeah. and I've thought this for a while. Like I really have, I've never believed in him. I've always given him a chance, but like, Man, and like I tweeted before this game was like Ben Simmons breakout game, knowing that wouldn't happen. But I didn't expect it to be. I thought maybe he would at least try to shoot, seeing seeing how bad it's been, right? Like I thought maybe he would try tonight. Yep. And that's that's the thing is that Ben Simmons gives an absolutely no reason for anyone to believe that he is working as hard as he can to get better at basketball. Because, you know, like, first of all, his brother has been his shooting coach for his entire career. And like, you know, I'm sure the brother is a smart guy, but maybe get a real shooting coach in there. Um, He is like, like repeatedly. Being Ben Simmons shooting coach, if you put that on your resume, you would not get a McDonald's job. Right. Like, think about how crazy that (laughs) is. That's the saddest. That's the saddest, like, head. That's the saddest job title you could ever have. Ben, ben, yeah, ben Simmons, Simmons shooting shot coach. doctor. Yeah, not great. Um, you know, it's been years and years now. I mean, they drafted him in 2016. He first played for them in 17, 18. You know, he's yeah. played four seasons now with the Sixers. And that's like being like Trey Young's like defensive coach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. No, but it's true. Like, imagine if Trey Young was like, yeah, I like, I guess I need to get better at defense. I'm going to ask my brother to help me learn. 
like it's craziness. And, you know, like Ben's brother, I think was like an assistant college basketball coach at some point or something, but like, obviously it's ridiculous. Um, I feel like we're going in circles at this point, but we are, it's just, it's not acceptable for someone who is supposedly a star on supposedly a championship contender. And there's a reason that he is not a true star level impact player. And there's a reason that the Sixers in my eyes were never a legitimate title contender. Uh, and you know, that's I why agree. they just lost to the freaking Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Are good. But I mean, come on. I mean, the Hawks did deserve to win, but they shouldn't have deserved to win. Like that. It shouldn't have been where at the end I'm saying, you know what? They deserve this. Cause the, cause the Sixers are a better team. Yep. It's just, yeah. I mean, tons of credit to the Hawks, of course. Absolutely. But, yeah, and they they played a great series. Trey Young is an absolute killer. That whole team is really good. Kevin, my guy Kevin. Kevin. My guy Kevin Herter is awesome. Um but yeah, it's it's rough. Things are not good here. Uh, no. And they might need to make some huge changes. And my biggest thing again is that now we're talking about trading Ben Simmons for like CJ McCollum or some <laughs> player like that when they were this close to trading him for James Harden. And they could have had a whole year where their team was James Harden, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. That team is awesome and would be considerably better than any other team in the Eastern Conference. I would have picked them to probably win the finals if they had James Harden. Yes, and like there's always the argument like, yes, like young talent, you need young talent. But at the same time, the goal of an NBA team is to win a championship. And when you already have a complete superstar MVP candidate and Joel Embiid like win now. Yeah. The time trade, exactly. the, time trade the good rookie. I don't care. I know he's great, but trade him. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was saying the exact same thing. Like, oh, let's wait five years until Joel's not with us anymore or he's not as right. good as he is. And, but, right. but this rookie is great. No, like this is urgent. I'm, I would yeah. die on that Hill. Like as much as it sucks, like, I mean, I'm a Grizzlies fan and I, the one player that to me that's untradeable is John Morant, right? Like, and we yeah. have so many good players. Like when you can, which I think is what our front office will try when you can get that piece and you already have the star and Joel Embiid, John Morant, who's obviously younger and not at that level, but like you go for it, you go for it. I, I agree. I think that was like an idiotic decision and it was like Daryl. It wasn't like it was the guy that drafted shitty point guards but yeah like yeah and daryl moore is really smart and knows way more about building a basketball team than i do but uh yeah i mean daryl moore knows better than anyone else how good james harden is yeah Uh, and it's just just baffling that like even if you have to overpay in the minds of most people even if you have a really bad bench and you give up a ton of draft picks if you can have a player as good as james harden join someone playing as well as joel and b did this season like those are two guys who, if both were healthy, would have easily been top five in MVP voting. And Joel was still second, despite not being healthy. Um, you know, they did themselves in. That's it. That's, you know, I wish it were more complex. But to me, when I think back, like, what is the turning point of the season? What is the thing that stopped the Sixers from getting to the finals? I know it's yeah. a long time ago now, and we have short memories in the NBA, but they could have had James Harden. They could have had James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team, and they don't. I'm picturing Adam in, like, a rocking chair right now, like, saying exactly what he's saying right now. And I'm sorry for repeating it again, but 
I mean, my God, James Harden is so good and Ben Simmons is so not yeah. as good as James yeah. Harden. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally not letting you say it again. Like, if you mention James Harden's name one more time... I won't, I won't. You're not and allowed the, to. And the issues lie within the team more than anyone else uh, yes. outside. Yes. Um, so, before, since there are a lot of things happen, we're obviously going to go through them quickly because we can't have you guys' attention for hours. But... I think you need to have a conclude. It's time for your Adam. It's like on the bachelor. It's like, ladies, this is your final rose. Like Adam, this is your final thought on the Sixers before you are literally not allowed to talk about them. Oh boy. Okay. I'm not prepared to give these like ending remarks. Uh, I'm making the decision for the listeners who are listening to you become like a senile old man throughout this podcast. Yeah. I really, the Sixers have taken years off of my life already. Yeah. I can Um, tell. We'll talk yeah, about that later. The, my final, <laughs> my, yeah, my final, yeah. I just got to send my therapist a link to this podcast. And, yeah, I, I think I already sent it. She yeah. has it. Um, uh, the Sixers. My final thought is this: the Sixers are have never been a legitimate championship contender since they let Jimmy Butler go. They had to. They chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler, which has aged horribly. Jimmy Butler led a team to Game Six of the NBA Finals last year. They let him go to placate Ben. People and I, most people don't know that that's what happened, but that's what happened. They they picked Ben over Jimmy. Ben didn't want to play with Jimmy. Jimmy didn't want to play with Ben. And look at the choice they made. Since then, they've had Daryl Morey come in. He did a lot of great things. He's helped the team. He's added a ton of shooting. They got a lot better because of hiring him. Uh, but they're still not a real championship contender. And that's because they don't have an actual guard on their roster. Like Seth Curry is their best guard, and he's obviously a two-guard. He's not bringing the ball up and running your offense. Uh, They claim that Ben Simmons is their point guard, and then at the end of games, Ben Simmons is just standing there doing nothing, like you said, just like trying to look busy so he doesn't have to touch the ball. Um, So that's my final thought. They, They have never been championship contenders, uh, you know, over the last two to three years. And there it's, it's just at a point now where what can you do to get there? I'm not sure that path exists. Hopefully it does. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. They're, they're just not who they say they are. It's a, it's a fraudulent team. Wow. I feel like the podcast should have just like ended there. It was really dramatic and ominous. Yeah. Um, y'all can see this, this was a very raw podcast because Man, I can like, I'm sitting here talking to Adam and I'm usually like not very nice, but I'm like choosing my words carefully here because I like, I've, I've just never seen him show this much like emotion and reaction to basketball. Um, and I like understand it because I feel that way about, I'm always very emotional when it comes to my team, but I feel like it's rare I see this happen. So we will talk about more about the Sixers at a time that he is more calm and but I feel like that we talked about the Sixers for most of the episode um I mean Adam's like one of the main people on Sixers Twitter even if he doesn't want me to say that so it was cool for me and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate hearing you know the perspective of someone who's been through it I've been through it that yeah I can say for sure yeah so thank you for being vulnerable with us Adam (laughs) 
<laughs> this is literally this I episode can, is like a therapy session. I literally could cancel my therapy for this week. No, you should. You should. Okay, that's like the nicest like you'll ever hear me be to Adam. I hope you all. Yeah, I'm honestly that. kind of uncomfortable with. I know I'm nice like uncomfortable with the energy it's weird. right now. I prefer you'd be more, you know, sassy. You're scaring me. me, Adam. You're genuinely <laughs> scaring me. Okay, okay. We are going to try to cover the craziest week in the NBA in as little time as possible. A little speed round action. Little speed round action. Um. Okay. Suns Nuggets. The Suns beat them in four games. We have our Suns and Four guy who has gone viral, um, who beat up a Nuggets fan. And then we have the legendary, terrifying Jokic brothers um, who literally look like they would murder anyone who crosses them in their sleep. I think the real question from that series is who would win in a fight, the Suns and Four guy or one of the Jokic brothers? But I, I just like don't even like. Yes, that is the question. But also, I, I think that the Suns and Four guy will be found like in a trunk the next day. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Jokic I think brothers do would. not look like people worth messing with. No, no, they're 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 scary. In fact, I'm honestly like nervous talking about them on this podcast because. <laughs> I just like hope that they don't hear it. I, so. I have a feeling that the Jokic brothers are not listeners of the Burners and Basketball <laughs> podcast. I'm just going to take a guess. This is their favorite podcast. Yeah, they listen every week. They're going to be devastated. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Adam just smiled, you guys. Everything, as soon as we start talking about the Suns, he lights up. Yep. That is his team now. He is Suns Adam. You heard it here first. Anyways, Suns are great. Um, we could talk about that all day, but since we talked about the Sixers all day, we'll save that for the Western Conference Finals. I don't want to... Oh, wait. Actually, that's not going to hurt you because you like the Suns, um, which I'm going to, by the way. I'm going to a game in the Western Conference Finals, game three. Not sure. Not going to tell you guys where my allegiances lie, but maybe I'll tell you guys eventually. Um. All NBA teams were announced. I personally don't care. (laughs) Nice. That's a good intro. Uh, Yeah, my only thing is they should remove positions from all NBA. Yeah. Uh, It's silly that Joel Embiid was second in MVP voting and is on the all all NBA second team. Um, get get rid of positions in all NBA. Yeah, that, I mean, that's I mean, my only real thought about that. I just don't have the energy anymore to get upset about. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I don't voted think... on by like media people who yeah, like time exactly. and again prove that they're not really worth listening to. Um, the NBA should stop having contract stuff be determined yes. by the voting. Yes, um, absolutely. That's, that's like the one role. thing I do care about when it comes that's, to that. I've yeah. I've never cared too much about like all-star voting or all NBA until like a player of mine really should be in it. And isn't like I was, you didn't hear me once be like, Josh should have been an all-star. Like, no, he shouldn't have this year. Um, I just, I just like personally think that like, there's no, there's so many things I could use my energy on. And that's just never been one of them. Um, if I, I could look at the list, like in a later date, I think someone asked me to give my picks for all NBA, but like, if I'm being honest, I didn't really like, I couldn't even tell you the all of <laughs> I just don't care. It's something I don't care about. Um, yeah, I, I just, again, like every year we see these horrendous votes yeah. for all these awards for the all-NBA teams and all that. I just like, 
with that being in mind, I just can't get angry about stuff that that's like, how I feel. It's obviously like, BS. If there it's like these random dudes just voting for who's the best. Like, why is that? I just it's just like it doesn't affect me. Um it's and weird, that's not it's something weird and it's uncomfortable that it decides how much money people yes, make. that is like the one thing that, like, as I said, I, I agree. I think that's like bullshit complete. Um, so that's our conversation on that. Sorry if you're really passionate. I'm sure there's like 10 billion basketball podcasts that will go in depth about the all NBA teams and who was snubbed, but this is not the place for that. Um, Bucks, Nets, Kevin Durant is maybe the best basketball player in the world. Like, I don't hate that take. Um, yeah. Kevin he, Durant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant is unbelievable. Um, yeah. Even, I don't care that they lost. What he did in this series was nothing short of incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, to And to be this good coming off of a torn Achilles, which is like the worst injury you can have these days. Yeah. No, I think everyone remarkable. like gained respect for him. Would you say? like? Yeah. He certainly gained. I mean, I had a lot of respect for Kevin Durant to begin with, but he certainly, I mean, to play 48 minutes in one game, 53 minutes in another game, uh, to put up the numbers he did, uh, really just unbelievable uh, that someone could be that good at scoring the basketball. Uh, yeah. That someone can be as big as he is and as And play, and just like a time. shout out to him, like in the last few games, like this man played every single minute yeah. and didn't even like diminish a little bit. Yeah. Toward the end. He, like he was he looked like he was, you know, fully ready to play, even though he was playing an insane amount of minutes. Off of an Achilles injury. I mean, I think it was that one game. I mean, I think like I hated, I just hate NBA Twitter sometimes because I don't want to see any tweets like shitting on Kevin Durant for not being able to win that series. He did everything right. Like everything. It's just like yeah. the way the no, ball anyone, rolled it's their first yeah. year as a super team like they're not yeah, supposed and Kyrie to. was out and James mm-hmm. Harden was playing with a exactly. grade two hamstring he couldn't even like Move really explode properly. off of his foot yeah um yeah Durant's amazing uh I give you know him so much credit I give Harden so much credit for playing as much as he did with a messed up hamstring I really like don't even know how that's possible because he was dealing with a really serious injury yeah he played you know, I think like 45 minutes in game five, he played like 52 minutes in game seven, I think. Um, so even though they lost respect to those guys, that whole team really, they, uh, I mean, such a fascinating team and hopefully they'll be fully healthy next year and we can see how scary they are when they're all healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the, you know, good for the bucks though. Uh, I, did not think they were going to be able to pull it out. I felt pretty confident that Brooklyn was going to win the series and Milwaukee. I mean, to win a series is always impressive, but that game seven to come out of there with a win on the road is incredibly impressive. Giannis, like who has had very obvious and, you know, kind of embarrassing struggles in the playoffs to have, I think he had like 40, 13 and five Uh, drew holiday, hitting big shots, Chris Middleton, hitting big shots. Uh, I mean, really that's cool like for them. And now that the Sixers have, uh, you know, shit their pants in the, in the Eastern conference semis, uh, <laughs> the bucks have like a pretty clear path here to make it. Yeah. Finals. And, you know, to beat, to sweep Miami beat Brooklyn. And now we'll see if they can beat Atlanta. My guess is they will. 
all of a sudden, you know, that's a really tough path to get to the finals that they will have made. Yeah. There's been so many games in this playoffs that have, to me, been like the best game ever. So, yeah, it's like that Kevin Durant thing. Oh, my God, the best. And then game seven is even better somehow. So, yeah, this has just been a great playoffs. Like, quick testament to that. And shout out to the Bucks. Like, I love small market teams and small market success. Obviously, you know that if you are a listener or a follower of mine, but I just think By it's By the way, awesome. this is coming from Molly who moved to LA for the summer. Just oh my God. Does I, Molly even like Memphis? You guys, I will say it right here on the podcast. I hope somebody records this. I will never love an NBA team more than I love the Memphis Grizzlies, no matter where I live. I could never go back to Memphis. No, I just think it's interesting. You're talking about small markets. Meanwhile, you're leaving small markets. Yeah, wait, why am I like the one? Why am I like the KD? Who? You're, yeah, exactly. You're like, this is just like Kevin Durant leaving OKC. Oh my God. Okay, if I came here and was like, let's go Lakers, that would be different. Like, I, I, I like the location. You'll get there. You're going to the Clippers game this week. Anyways, um, <laughs> speaking of the Clippers... <laughs> We got the news that Kawhi has an ACL injury. And I think when we heard that, maybe it was a few games, a couple games before the series was over. I think we all thought Utah would easily finish yeah. off the series. So the fact that they didn't was just kind of like insane. I mean, I'm happy. I'm personally happy for Paul George. There's Me not too. a single player on the Clippers um, besides Marcus Morris. But I don't like he's not bad enough to where I'm going to root against the team because he's on it. I like Paul George and Kawhi. I like both of them. And I loved seeing Paul George's little redemption thing because he deserves it. And I'm glad he gets to prove himself on a national stage. I'm so happy for Terrence Mann. Um, I love like people like him and Reggie Jackson just. You know, every year you have like the underdogs in the playoffs kind of just explode on a national stage. And that's what. I see with both of them, have seen with both of them, um, like, you know, someone like Jamal Murray last year, just the names that weren't necessarily expected, but are great. Yeah, that's my opinion on that. Adam? <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I totally agree. I've always thought that Paul George was kind of underrated, and I get why uh, a lot of the slander he gets, I get why that has happened, but uh, he is just really, really good. And if he really can take the, I mean, the Clippers are down 0-1, but as we've seen, they can come back from these deficits. They were down 0-2 to Dallas and they were down 0-2 to Utah and they won both of those series. Um, It's been really impressive. Yeah. And they competed like game one was like, um, oh, and to mention, which I was going to mention after, but since he brought this series up, Chris Paul has COVID. I mean, they haven't like explicitly said that, but it's implied he has COVID. So he yeah. missed game one, will miss game two. Um, he's doing okay. He's asymptomatic, but yeah. So I think that without Chris Paul and without Kawhi, the Suns still had the edge, but I think that it almost like was like more fair that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, because the Suns are not the same team without Chris Paul. Of no. Course. Like he's, he's their leader. He's their point guard. He and Kawhi everything. is that for the Clippers. And yeah. It's yeah. They're just both incredibly good players. Obviously, Kawhi is better at this stage in their careers, but yeah. Um 
Yeah, no, I'm like, of course, I'm very excited that the Suns nabbed a win without CP because obviously if you can win one without him, uh, that bodes well for your chances when you get him back. Um, but it looks like Kawhi might not be back at all in the playoffs. Uh, and so we're looking at, you know, either Paul George or Chris Paul is going to lead their team to the finals, uh, which is yeah. cool to think about because neither of those guys have done that before. Yeah. And, now, and in the East, it's, you know, going to be either Giannis or Trey Young, which is, again, not like two guys who haven't done this before. We've got all these fresh faces in the conference finals, uh, which, you know, Sixer stuff aside, like is cool and exciting for me. And I think for all of us really that, cause it was, you know, we were just so used to Cavs warriors every year. Oh, and this it was is like, so much fun. Like I just like, yeah. it's so fun with Twitter. We have new content. We have new material. It's not the warriors lost a three, one lead for 10 billion years. Like we have new main characters. I love it. And Twitter has been amazing during the playoffs, even despite yes, injuries has. and whatever. Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely not knowing who's going to win any game or series for an entire playoffs. Is and just so having much these fun. new teams, like these new teams yeah. that have not been in this position, like most yeah. of them haven't, which is like pretty much yeah. all of them at this point. Yeah. I mean, the only ones that are left, you know, like these teams have not won a title in forever. I mean, the Clippers yeah. have never won a title. Um, and you know, Phoenix hasn't done it in forever. The Bucks haven't done it since like the early seventies with Oscar. Right. Robertson. So like that doesn't even count because like basketball didn't exist back then. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's uh, except for like Bill Russell, like he existed. Yeah, Bill Russell definitely existed. I think it's a good take from you. <laughs> Not to discredit Bill Russell. Hashtag Not- burner take. Chris Bill Russell existed. He existed and like most other people didn't. So it's, he still does exist to this day. Yeah. Going I'm- strong. <laughs> Really happy about that. Um, knocking on wood right now. Anyways, oh god. Um, coming up like next week, low key because we've talked about so many things. Just kidding. Briefly touch on the Mavs being a dumpster fire. Mark Cuban shitting on a journalist who reported correct information about the Mavs being a dumpster fire. Um, not a good look. Yeah, nothing is a good look for the Mavs right now. Yeah, uh, Donnie Nelson, their longtime GM, is gone. Rick Carlisle, who's been their coach for as long as I can remember, is gone. Uh, he was one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, to have that story come out about uh, Harella Bob Vulgaris, who seemingly has taken over a bunch of power in the Mavericks organization that he probably shouldn't have, uh, to uh, Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle leaving, um, Luca apparently being frustrated with all of the all of the changes, not a great week. Uh, and yeah, shout out to uh, to Tim Cato and Sam Amick with the Athletic who reported everything perfectly. And Mark Cuban, yeah, thank you for remembering his, the name because I didn't. Yeah, publicly said it called it bullshit, and everything they're doing is seemingly which is like on point. Just, just like such like that's just like yeah. horrible. Like yeah. I, I'm. I'm glad you brought up his name because I didn't remember it. But yeah, um, I'm glad that like everything was kind of proved to be right because, you know, it's just like annoying when people have to like shoot down journalists who are literally doing their jobs and doing their jobs very well. Um, Lastly, shout out to Zion Williamson's family for like hating New Orleans. I don't know what else there is to say. I just feel yeah, like we needed to big mention market, it. Big it's, market. Big market. Yeah. Loves, uh, loves seeing Zion trying to push his way out. No. Yeah, can I, let me say real quick, like 
this stuff annoys me so much when we like Zion Williamson just finished year two. Yeah. Like, Zion, this is not a discussion until like year six or seven. Like this, I, this is so far in the future that I mean, people are. That's like a long time to like stick someone somewhere. But yes, I, I, I mean, I feel bad. This is the thing you won't hear me saying. I feel bad for Pelicans fans. I think that's just like, it's so shitty. Pelicans. Like you're so excited about someone. You and Pelicans fans have always had a great relationship. Yeah, we have. Everyone knows that. Oh my God. Yeah. Me saying I, like I will joke about it, but I also will, you know, like small markets, love you, hate to see you go, love to watch you leave. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day because it's a deeper conversation about, you know, um, it's a deeper conversation about how much of it is the fault of the media and how much of it is the fault of the organization. You know what I mean? So that's a whole different thing. Um, I think that is everything because yeah, it I is think our speedrun was successful. Our speedrun was successful. Uh, we went into like a little detail about some things, but overall, I think it was pretty quick. I think this was a heavy episode. Um, <laughs> I do too. I'm, I'm like, this is like the one episode I might actually listen to because I'm just like really curious to hear Adam because that was personally just being here. It was intense. Um, I wonder if that's going to translate through, through the pod. This is going to be a very fun next few weeks. Um, I'm really excited to continue to cover the playoffs and there's going to be so much so fast. So hopefully for real this time, we can get out a few extra episodes during these last few weeks, especially once the finals start. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you have stuck through, I am like genuinely like, thank you deserve a Nobel Peace Prize for enduring therapy that you weren't getting paid for. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. Email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Hashtag burner take. Any hot takes um, like Odell Beckham, you know, had a very hot take the other day. I'm sure (laughs) we saw that. Adam, any last words? I think you know what I'm going to say. Go Go Suns. Suns. There we go. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone.